Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our LinkedIn cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Earl live. Earl Stewart, Earl on Cars. And uh, this isn't a rerun show. The, The discussion was maybe we should play one of our Goldie Oldie shows, but we decided to come into the studio here and uh, give you a real live show. We're taking all the precautions, and uh, I hope you are too. Uh, these are interesting times, I should say, and everybody is very concerned. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm uh, for you folks streaming us on Facebook, uh, I'm wearing gloves, and I also have a mask that I wear when I'm outside. I, I love how the gloves are match your shirt color exactly. You like that? Yeah. This could be a permanent look for you. Yeah, I might. <laughs> it's almost like your shirt sleeves melted down over your hands. Yeah, these gloves are amazing. I was just talking before we went live on the air that uh, the tactile uh, features you can you can feel things hot, cold, liquid, and you can turn pages and you can do a surgery with them. Absolutely. <laughs> I might even become a surgeon, but we, we you know, have. got to maintain a little uh, levity in this <laughs> situation. I hope we wish you all the very, very best out there. And uh, for you new folks, this is a, store, a show about how not to get taken advantage of by a car dealer. And uh, we, you can access it on the blog, earloncars.com. You can call us at 877-960-9960 and be live and talk about whatever you want to talk about, 877 877- Nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. That's seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero, and um, it's a special situation here. We're buying cars today because they're necessities. Car dealerships are all open uh, because they're deemed a necessary business. Uh, I sometimes wonder you know, how necessary car dealers really are, but when you stop and think about it. Uh, you need your vehicle, particularly in areas like Florida. Uh, Florida doesn't have a lot of mass transit to get to work, to get to the doctor, to uh, uh, get to get uh, tested for COVID-19, uh, to go to the pharmacy. Uh, cars are a necessity. So you want to keep your car running, and you might need a car. Uh, so that's the reason car dealers are open. Rick, you're looking at me with a smirk. Well, Mark Ryan <laughs> just posted on YouTube. He says, uh, Earl looks like a member of the U, uh, Blue Man Group. <laughs> That's right. Hey, and listen, if you're lo- watching, I love this scarf, and it hides my neck where it, the waddle where it hangs down like that, and I can wear it like this. All right. We need to get you a blue one. Let me just pull it up. Wait, you have like 20 of those shirts, Stick Nancy. You t- should take one, <laughs> cut it out to a pattern, and give a mask the same material and color. Reach for the sky. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> for you folks on radio, uh, on I was just playing... Uh, Anyway, hey, listen, if you can't laugh doing, about it. Excuse me, they're doing that with bras. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to have the right size. Okay. Though. Anyway, <laughs> what I was saying before the levity uh, overwhelmed us here 
is that uh, we think that there's some really opportunities out there to buy cars uh, during this situation. Uh, you can get bargains today. Desperation brings on the manufacturers and the auto dealers into actually giving us some good deals. And uh, we have a mystery shopping report today for you newbies. That's where we go into a car dealership somewhere in South Florida, pretend to buy a car or lease it. Uh, we typically respond to an ad. Uh, bait and switch ads, and just about all car dealership ads today are bait and switch. And we go in there and see what happens. We pretend to be real people buying real cars, and we name the names of the dealership and the uh, salespeople, the managers involved, and we tell you exactly what happens. Sometimes they break the law, and we say ABC Honda broke the law. Uh, haven't been sued in 17 years, so we are apparently telling the truth because I guarantee you there are a lot of car dealers out there who like to sue me and the radio station and Erlon Cars and everybody else. But it doesn't happen because we tell the truth as we see it. Um, so what we're going to say today is even though it, is an, uh, it can be a great opportunity to uh, buy a car. It's even going to get better. We don't recommend you go out immediately, unless you obviously have to have a car. But if you're thinking about buying a car, the discounts and the incentives and the interest rates and all the other motivations are going to get stronger. They're going to get stronger both from the manufacturers and from the dealers. And to get serious for a moment, when this is all over, uh, I hope all of you are well and healthy. Uh, unfortunately, there are going to be a lot of car dealers that aren't going to be in business after this is all over. And there's going to be some manufacturers, too. Uh, this thing is going to last a while, and it's going to shut off business considerably. Uh, we're looking at, uh, we're doing a, a forecast of a 60% drop in business. Could be worse. Uh, when you do that, uh, you have people that lose their jobs, but you also have car dealerships that go out of business, and you have manufacturers that go out of business. So my first piece of advice to you today will be uh, select who you deal with, select the car you, you, you uh, buy. Uh, you, can, you can easily get a financial opinion on a car dealership, not so much a car dealership, but a manufacturer by their bond ratings. If a car dealership has weak, shaky bond ratings, that is the rating they get when they need to borrow money, then it's something you might want to avoid. Uh, used cars are your best deal, but try to choose a make that can be serviced after uh, this is all over. Rick, you had a point. I was actually going to wonder, you got any predictions who you might think of as manufacturers that might be a little shaky? I know we've seen yeah, like know. Yugo and Daihatsu and Daewoo have come and gone. Who, who do you think might just uh, might be on shaky ground? Uh, this isn't my opinion. I, I watch CNBC all the time, the financial network, and all you have to do is look at the stocks of the car of the car manufacturers, and you look at the bond ratings. Uh, Ford is shaky, General Motors is shaky, uh, Nissan is shaky, mm. and uh, uh, I don't want to brand anybody is going out of business. I hope all of them make it. I think competition is good. Uh, the more the more manufacturers and the more car dealers, if you're careful and do your homework, the better a deal you could get. If, if you only had one manufacturer and one car dealer, I hate to think how much they charge you for a car. So competition is good for the consumer. But uh, ch check it out. I mean, I, off the top of my head, I say General Motors, Ford, and Nissan. And I don't know about the others. Uh, Chrysler probably is shaky also. Mm. So uh, uh, 
think about it and think about the car dealership too. You have a car dealership that is uh, a small dealership. Maybe they've uh, closed. Some dealerships are actually closing. Most of them are open. Uh, the ones that have laid off a lot of people um, and word gets around. So just just use that as a, a common sense before you decide to buy a car. 877-960-9960 is our phone number and our sex number is 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. That's seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. I'd like to uh, uh, have Nancy Stewart, my co-host, uh, say a word or two because she represents the ladies, the females in the audience. She represents everybody, actually, but uh, she has built this uh, audience female-wise, almost 50-50, sometimes better than 50-50. And when she was off the show for a few months, a few weeks, uh, when she had surgery on her on her foot, uh, the female listenership or viewership dropped off considerably. And when she came back on the show, it built up again. So uh, she has a special offer for our first-time female callers. Nancy, tell us about that. Good morning, folks. Welcome. You just tuned in. You're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. And I'm here to invite the ladies to give us a call this morning. Uh, you can win yourself $50. The first two new lady callers, $50. You can sure use that right now. Yeah. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. But remember... You've got to call to win that $50. And ladies, I can't do this myself. I want to take a moment and thank all of you that called me this past week. And uh, I, I, real, I really appreciate you supporting me. And uh, some of the compliments I got this week, well, it uh, certainly was humbling. 877-960-9960. we got a heck of a show coming up. And uh, remember, www youranonymousfeedback.com we'd love to hear from you now back to the recovering car dealer uh, Rick Kearney who is sitting on my right uh, is our automotive expert technically speaking uh, I've called him everything from a grease monkey to a mechanic to a technician uh, to a auto computer scientist maybe a few names we can't put on the air <laughs> I, too. I, I was just going to say that <laughs> but uh, the man knows his stuff the man knows his cars he knows uh, if you have a problem. And during these times, you know, you might prefer not to have to go back into the dealership and, and get a diagnosis. You'd rather maybe you're self-quarantined. Maybe you just decide you want to stay home. Uh, now's the time to call Rick Kearney if there's a squeak or a rattle or a condition with your car uh, that you might be able to fix yourself or at least you have to bring it in. Uh, and remember, some of the dealers are offering pickup and delivery services. So if you have something that bothers you about your car, which is vital, it's very important to a lot of people. Uh, I feel nervous about the fact that if, if someone took my car away from me, I would be very, very depressed. Uh, sometimes you just feel like you need to go some places. And that's what, uh, that's what Rick can help you with. 877-960-9960. That's 877-960. 960-9960 or text Rick or any of us at 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. I think Rick has got some YouTube have already come in. Well, we've got one, and we, we have said this is an international show, 
Yeah. Well, guess what? I just got verification. Yeah, we are. Give me five bucks for, is asking this question from Australia. So cool. The wow. other side of the world. I love Aussies. I love Aussies. This, this is great. We are half. truly hitting around the world. Oh, time the kangaroo down. Yeah, if, if the, if the uh, anonymous commenter from a few weeks ago is listening, ha. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, his question is, uh, GM slash Holden yeah. is pulling out of Australia. Do you think it's a good idea to buy one since they will not be made there anymore? You know, or uh, maybe not made at all. I'm not familiar with uh, Australian law. Uh, American law requires car dealers and manufacturers to main ava- maintain availability of parts. That's your main concern. Uh, I think uh, a Holden could be fixed by a lot of people, but if you have to have a particular part, that would be an issue. I check, I check with my Australian law. I'm sorry, I can't advise you on that. We could probably Google it. And, uh, you know, Google is the other half of my brain. But as long as you can get parts, uh, everything I know about a Holden is a very good car. And uh, you probably are going to have some Australian law that matches an American law that says you got to have parts for, what is it, five years, seven years? Actually, I think for the U.S., I believe it's 10 years minimum. 10 years, yeah. Uh, check on that, and a Holden would be a good purchase. Yeah. So, um also in the studio, we have my son, Stu Stewart. He's a general manager of uh, my dealership, and I want to be totally open to all you folks that may have turn, turned in for the first time. I am a car dealer, and I do have a car dealership. Stu operates. He's a general manager. Uh, and this is not an infomercial. I repeat, this is not an infomercial. Uh, this is a consumer advocacy show. You'll never hear us push our brand, which happens to be we have a, happen to be a Toyota dealer. Uh, we don't push that. We we talk about when we when Consumer Reports comes out with a bad report on Toyota, and they do, uh, and there are bad Toyotas reported in Consumer Reports as we speak, and we talk about those. And a uh, manufacturer like Honda or Chevrolet or Chrysler has a better vehicle. We talk about that too, purely for you as a consumer to get the best buy. Anyway, Stu is also our spy master general. Uh, he is a guy that that uh, guides our team of, we don't have a very big team, but we have we, we one can't, We can't reveal the size of it. Yeah. Right. There's certain information that we don't put out there. <laughs> undercover. Yeah. Undercover mystery shopping. Tell us about our mystery shopping. Uh, this is to me, I'm even when I know about it, I get fascinated that we get away with what we do. Well, before I get into that, I want to ask everybody to come on down. Our deals are insane. Oh, we have 0% on. That's a joke. I, You're I was fired. Waiting, You're I, fired. I was waiting for that as you were telling everybody that this is not a commercial. Yeah, sorry about that. Wait a minute. Tell the audience about your meditation skills. Well, uh, Nancy, you know, was, uh, experienced a slightly elevated heart rate, and I was showing her how to do deep breathing exercises while you were all listening to Earl. We were... Breathing in and breathing out. Um, the Mystery Shopping Report, uh, what's amazing is even though we've hit clearly a majority of the franchise dealers in Palm Beach County, yeah. quite a few in Martin County, quite a few in Broward County, and then we, we, we spread it out all over the place. We've even been up to Pensacola. And uh, 
just when we think we're running out of things to investigate, new things pop up. And it's just a lot of times it has to do with the context of the times. Yeah. You'll find out later that, um, um, as, as Earl mentioned earlier, um, a lot of uh, offers are going are gonna to come out. A lot of uh, deals are going to be offered to the public because of the uh, huge hit that the economy and business has taken. Yeah. And car dealers especially, well, not necessarily especially, restaurants especially, but uh, car dealers are feeling the, the pain. The manufacturers are uh, scrambling to come up to the rescue. The federal government scrambling to come up uh, to uh, to the rescue. So um, the landscape changes um, constantly. So we go out there, and um, I also want to say, as far as the mystery shopping report goes, we are practicing extremely uh, careful social distancing techniques and protecting our shopper and and the dealerships that we visit. Uh, you'll hear in the show today, our agent Thunder was wearing gloves and a, and a um, yes. medical procedure mask, not an N95, those are needed for medical uh, workers, but um, just a you know a cloth uh, or almost like a paper thing, but, um, and keeping the distance. So um, we're, we are taking it seriously, but um, we think that now, um, especially because things are so uncertain and um, businesses are getting desperate, I think our service that we provide with the Mystery Shopping Report has probably never been more important. I agree. Yeah. I think your uh, uh, desperation breeds uh, extremes, and yeah. uh, there are going to be some extremely good buys, and there's going to be some extremely deceptive advertising. Uh, uh, Rick, I, uh, I didn't give you a chance. To, you know, we haven't, uh, a lot of people don't know you, and we have people that are just tuning in. Uh, give us a, a brief recap of, of your history and how you have come to be I've, I've been in the business for 50 years and I've never known any man that has more broad knowledge about vehicles hey, we're a Toyota specialist but Rick knows all about all different kinds of cars and anytime a friend calls me or anytime I have a question uh, Rick Kearney is a guy we go to when did you first start being interested in cars uh, probably somewhere around 1980 when I started helping my dad work on his car, and unfortunately, he wasn't a very good mechanic, and he really? didn't know a whole lot about him. Where did you get it from, your mom? Uh, I, maybe. It may <laughs> have. I, I kind of like to think it might have come from my grandfather, the, the, the skills or genes for it. But mm. it basically, I just started, I enjoyed getting dirty and playing with engines and making things work and figuring out how they worked. And when I started working on cars for a living, and I started seeing that electronics and computer controls were gonna be the way that cars were going, I figured, well, that's what I've gotta learn. So mm -hmm. I, I just went for it and studied everything I could. And I've always been kind of a, a trivia buff. So I filled my head with every useless fact I could find, and <laughs> sometimes it comes out all right, so. Well, you gotta have a computer not only for uh, repairing cars today, but to keeping yourself up to date. And uh, uh, you remind us all the time about Google, and you remind us all the time about if you have a problem with your car, how you can get help online. Absolutely. There, there's almost nothing you can't find online, uh, even about cars. Well, as a matter of fact, going with right now today's atmosphere with what we're having to deal with, uh, one of the things that we've had to stop doing is technicians will not be able to ride with the customer in their car yes. due to safety concerns. However, the customer still has a fantastic weapon to help diagnose these issues. So like you were saying, if you've got a squeak or rattle or something odd going on with your car, 
grab this little tool. Grab your cell phone uh -huh. and record that noise. Record whatever that thing is that it's doing mm -hmm. and get that in a recording. Great idea. And then just simply send that to the service advisor's phone. Audio clip if you're, if you're so versed or get yeah. your grand, grandson, your granddaughter, your daughter's son, whoever's versed in that, and you, uh, you upload the uh, audio clip on email and text and shoot it in. As a matter of fact, a couple weeks ago, I had a gentleman, he had actually called into the radio show, and he had a noise with his AC system. And the way he described it, it, it was like I, I'd never heard anything like it. He got a video, actual recording of that sound, mm -hmm. and he came into the dealership, and he transferred it to my phone to where I could hear it. And it still was like nothing I'd ever heard. But now I had something that I could send to the engineers in, in uh, San Antonio, Texas, where mm -hmm. Toyota's base is, and say, hey, listen to this, guys, look at this. And it turned out that it was simply the system was a little low on Freon, and it was causing this very odd noise. You could do the same thing with video clips. If you had uneven wear on your tires, or you had something that exactly. needed visual. You know, uh, we've all talked about this, but I believe that when this coronavirus has passed us in ancient history, and everybody's fine again, I, I think that a lot of things are going to be done differently. And I think because we do so much uh, networking now uh, digitally, uh, we're talking audio clips and video clips, we're talking text and the other. I wouldn't be surprised if it would be a rarity for somebody to come into a car dealership and rarity for, I think it's going to be a lot of the remote control stuff that we're doing now will stay with us forever. And part of what, what's going on right now is we're, we're learning new things from this. We've got a challenge before us. Everybody in the world is facing this incredible challenge mm -hmm. and we're adapting. We, it was the old movie Starman where the uh, whoever the guy was said the quote, people are at their best when things are at their worst. And it just seems to work that way that yeah. we learn to adapt and how to overcome challenges sure. like this. So when you've got a challenge with something going on odd with your car, let's adapt. Let's find a way to solve it. Figure out some new ways. Yeah, I just have We've an idea. We've got all these great tools. Let's you're, use them. You heard what Rick said. If you're listening to this and you have a little problem with your car, you can do an audio clip now. Go out there and record the noise that is bothering you or do a video of maybe your tires are wearing unevenly. Yep. And you can send it to the show, 772-497-6530. You can send it to our text number, 772-497-6530. Rick can look at it and give you a very professional diagnosis. Sure. Might save you a trip to the car dealership. Uh, how are we doing on text? we get any text in or yeah, anonymous feedback? Yeah, we have some anonymous feedback, and we have some texts that have come in. Um, I'll start with a anonymous feedback. Uh, this actually came in after the show uh, last Saturday, uh, but after we had um, already gone off the air. Uh -huh. um, and I, I, as a... Uh, as a caveat, I, I did a little, uh, a tiny bit of research after reading the question because I wanted to address it. Uh, it says regarding the coronavirus, Wikipedia has an excellent article titled "Native American Disease and Epidemics" that explained how 30 plus percent of the American Indian population was killed by various diseases when the Europeans started coming to the U.S. in the 1770s and 1780s. Mm -hmm. um, Europeans started coming towards the U.S. in the uh, in the 15th century, but uh, that's okay. Um, 
Anyway, and they mentioned the Indians had no immunity. It seems like when I watch the news, the hot spots seem to be areas in the U.S. with a high population of immigrants. Oh, God, I, know. I, go, I read that one, yeah. yeah. If someone would write about this in the newspapers or talk about it on the TV, they would probably be labeled as a racist and fired and run out of town by the liberal do-gooders. Like your radio show. Um, the, the research I did, I looked up uh, COVID-19 um, um, areas where there it's a high, high number of cases, and the uh, commonality seems to be um, high population areas course, yeah. um, and areas that were slow to um, put into place yeah. social distancing. And a couple of facts for you. Um, Santa Ana, California has one of the highest immigrant populations in the country. Um, I think it ranks number three on the list, two or three. Um, Atlanta ranks number 80, and Santa Ana has a much lower incidence of yeah. uh, COVID-19 cases than Atlanta. Um, another example is Irving, Texas, one of the highest, number nine in the country in immigrant population, yeah. has far fewer cases than... Um, well, it was such yes. an absurd uh, allegation yeah. uh, that uh, their problem, uh, the COVID virus is spreading because of immigrants. That's yeah, absolutely it was true. It was such an absurd thing that I, I posted it on, on my Facebook page and, and commented that uh, it proves that the biggest problem we have in this country, one of them, is lack of education. Yep. People, you know, he's probably sincere or she's probably sincere, but uh, clearly doesn't know what he or she is talking yeah. about. And it's an education issue. Rick? Well, just my thought is, unless your family tree traces all the way back to one of the Native American tribes, uh, we're all immigrants. Yeah, that's true. And truth be told, that's all right. I'm Scottish. No, yeah. The Native Americans were immigrants <laughs> and whence too. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. Okay. I've got let's another do, let's do a commercial for 23andMe because that's uh, yeah. that's true. Exactly. <laughs> um, excuse me. We're going to take Tina's call. Uh, she is a regular and she's calling us from Benita Springs. Welcome to the show, Tina. Good morning, everyone. How y'all doing? Good morning. Doing good. How you doing? Good. I hope everybody's well. We are. I just pulled up and. Good. That's good to hear. I just pulled up an article on Car and Driver. I don't usually read Car and Driver too much because they're kind of biased towards sports cars. And I don't think that they're always the greatest reviewers. You need to get somebody who's average Joe public to do a seat of the pants test on cars. But anyway, hmm. uh, there's a big headline here that says Ford wants government to sponsor cash for clunkers type programs. So basically, Ford is asking for an embellished by a, a bailout from the government with this cash for clunkers thing. And Earl, I was wondering if maybe you can go into how the cash for clunkers uh, thing worked quite a few years ago and have your take on it. Well, of course, uh, Ford didn't get the bailout uh, before, and uh, maybe we owe them one. I say that tongue-in-cheek. Uh, we bailed out Chrysler and General Motors and didn't bail out Ford. Ford uh, does need a bailout there yeah. uh, hanging by a thread. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I, you know, um, I hate to sound cruel, but we really have too many auto manufacturers now. I don't mean we only need one, but uh, we're we're getting to the point now in history where uh, we're going to uh, we're, there's going to be a quantum change in the way people go from point A to point B. It's going to be all electric. We know that. It's uh, it's going to be autonomous eventually. We know that. Uh, whether or not it'll be autonomous, uh, whether it'll be ride-sharing, there, you know, there's a question. So the way car dealers and manufacturers exist today, 
I'll shoot way ahead just to be sure I'm right. And 20 years will bear no resemblance to what we do today. There'll probably only be two or three uh, manufacturers. There'll be software manufacturers. And we don't even know who the assemblers will be. So uh, it'll be I don't. Shenzhen and it'll be Apple. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who, I don't believe our government or anybody will support bailing out automobile, automobile manufacturers as they are today. Uh, interestingly enough, the automotive stock that's doing the best today is Tesla. And who would have thunk it? I mean, if you told me that six months ago, uh, that Tesla was probably the most high-demand, uh, high-bought um, stock of all the automotive Manufacturers, I wouldn't have believed it, but that's turning true. out the cars exactly, I'm hitting the targets. So Tina, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be. We got two things coming. We got the revolution of technology that's going to happen, and we also have the revolution of the coronavirus. So coronavirus will be over hopefully in a few months, and then next thing we'll be talking about the uh, revolution of, an, of a technology. We have mixed feelings on the uh, on the cash for clunkers thing, though, because uh, it was. Uh, philosophically, it ran against your beliefs, um, yeah. but it did benefit um, all the car dealers. And um, it, it was a crazy time. This was uh, it was back in uh, 09 and August, July and August 09, and it was one of the craziest uh, periods of our uh, our lives in yeah. the car business. Yeah. We sold more uh, new cars that month than we had ever sold in our history or since. Yeah, Nancy said to me the other day that uh, John from Palm City, one of our regulars, said that he'd seen an article on Earl Stewart in the Pompey in the uh, New York Post, and I said I, I didn't see it. I don't know what it would be. So I Googled New York Post and Earl Stewart, and I found the article on Cash for Clunkers, because uh, we were from way back then. Way back then, <laughs> we had uh, continued to uh, apply the program <laughs> and and take the money in at the enhanced value when the government stated that they had run out of money. Yeah. And we gambled to say, think that the government is going to leave car right. dealers or people there hanging. There was a rumor. as a rumor. And so we went ahead and we ended up to be one of the largest cash for clunker dealers in the United States yep. back then. We kept on clunking. Yeah, we kept on clunking. Clunking, clunking. Yeah. <laughs> and let me take a moment to thank John thank him for you know his uh, communication with me all the time if he doesn't call me he mails me something uh, tina you are yes, a breath of fresh air i love hearing from you thank we you. all do thanks for uh, thank uh, helping you. us dredge up those memories from yeah, Castro Clunkers. i love talking about the <laughs> old days yeah we almost burned a well, building down <laughs> hey, hey tina sure. go on about that. go on uh, youtube and search for the last clunker and you'll see my brother who killed a 1997 uh, <laughs> Dodge Dakota or something like yeah, that. I remember that. <laughs> no, seriously, there. I had to disable the comments because um, a lot of people got really upset that we were destroying cars, threatening mm -hmm. lives. Yeah. Yeah. The last well, clunker. There's an unintended. There's an if. Oops. Can you hear me? Yep. We can hear okay. you. There is. If there is an unintended consequence of this cash for clunkers thing if it does happen again. The market's going to get flooded with more cars with Takata airbags, which is the last thing we need. But that's probably what's going to happen if the whole thing gets instituted, even through one auto manufacturer such as Ford. Excellent point, Tina. Yeah. Excellent. I think we have another caller on hold, do we? We do. We do. Tina, thanks so much. You are the you are our first and best caller every week, and I thank you. Please call again next week, and we got to get to our next caller. Thanks, Tina. 
Uh, Mark, we're uh, ready for your call. Mark's calling us from Lake Worth. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm the uh, gentleman Rick worked with on the air conditioning sound a couple weeks ago. Yes, sir. Yeah. The interesting thing was you, you thought you had it licked, but I think you're going to have to check with your buddies back in Texas, or we got to find out which part it is. I drove out of there. And then I stopped, made a little errand run, got back in the car, and uh, five minutes from home, got in the car, shut it off, and that crazy decibel, what do you call it, whistle sound, <laughs> that harmonic sound you called it. Yep. I'll be darned. I before, we get it, before we get into this, summarize it because we have thousands of listeners out there that didn't hear Mark and the issue. So yeah. summarize it first, and you can answer Mark's question. Uh, uh, Mark had taken his car to another Toyota dealer, mm -hmm. and they had replaced his compressor and a couple other parts on the AC system. Mm -hmm. And what happens is when you shut the car off, a few seconds after you turn the car off, there will be a low whistle sound. I see. And what it seemed to be was the in the ac system when the gas pressures were equalizing something was causing a harmonic whistle ah. and it, it literally was the sound of a tuning fork wow and uh, mark actually he got an audio clip of it a recording because we weren't able to get it to happen in the service drive when he brought the car in first so once i heard it and i started playing with it then I was able to get it to occur quite often by playing with the AC controls. Mm -hmm. And so we tried totally evacuating the system and adding a little extra oil and recharging it. And that seemed to have solved it because I couldn't get it to happen again after that in 45 minutes time. Okay, and that brings us to the present. So apparently, Mark, it's not solved. Is that right? Mm. Yeah. I, I know mm. uh, Rick's a genius with these things, but this is a challenge, I guess, that I... Well, sometimes it uh, sometimes it takes a little longer time to figure out what's going on because these cars, it's almost like the cars have a mind of their own and that they just want to mess with us sometimes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back, Mark, and we will eventually, we're going to figure it out. I promise you. Yeah. I, thanks for. I, I, I promise, and I, I can see Rick's determination and knowledge. Um, all right, I'll give the dealership a, a call and find out when he's in or if that's something up. Great. Well, thanks, Mark. Sorry we didn't get it last time, but we'll probably get it next time. I have a huge faith in Rick, and uh, he's like a bulldog. He never gives up until he, until he uh, gets done what he wants to do. Boy, that's for sure. Call, yeah, call, call us next week, and we'll see how it went. Uh, give okay, us, thank you. Thank, thank you. you, Mark. It was great hearing from you. Stay in touch, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530 www.youranonymousfeedback.com and we've got a great mystery shopping report coming up about 9:30 so you want to stay tuned for that that's from Auto Nation Chevrolet that's in Green Acres Green Acres is and uh, I have a text from uh, Jessica <laughs> that we're going to get to and uh, this here would be for uh, Rick uh, she wants to know if her battery will die if uh, well, she hasn't used her car in about uh, four weeks, and now that uh, we're really on lockdown, she's very concerned. Good question. And I've got a great answer. You need to drive it a little bit. Uh, if all you do is just jump in the car 
and drive around the block a little bit, but I would let the engine run for at least an hour for every two every two weeks, give it at least an hour pretty sure the garage, to make sure to charge sure things the garage back doors up. open when you do that. I, actually, I wouldn't even do it in the garage. I would pull outside onto the driveway, so mm-hmm. you got no chances of gases going in the house. But yeah, never never run a car in the garage for any length of time that you don't have to. But definitely get outside and just let that engine run for about an hour. And it's a good idea actually to drive around the block a few times because otherwise what can happen is your tires will develop what are called flat spots from where they've been sitting in one spot and when you start driving that car again it'll take us several hours of good hard driving before those flat spots will smooth out and while you're doing it that car is just going to be thump 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 all the way down the road interesting that's yeah. a great answer you uh, you really covered all the bases maybe we and should maybe the Maybe there should be a letter that people can carry with them when they're driving the car around the block. So when the Ooh. cop pulls you over and says, uh, yeah, this is a quarantine, where are you going? Uh, you say, I'm driving my car around the block to keep the battery charged. You know, uh, Jessica, to your concern, uh, I uh, experienced that problem. And I drive an Avalon, and it sat for, uh, I would say, three weeks, three and a half weeks. And when I came home, uh, the battery was dead. And uh, it was quite a dilemma because you end up having to, well, I did, had to have my uh, car towed. Uh, So thanks for the text and uh, spread the word. Uh, Ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us if you're a little shy at 772-497-6500. Three zero. Three zero. That's right. Um, uh, we're going to go to Howard. Thanks for holding, Howard. Howard's a regular caller from Jupiter. Uh, nice hearing you, you guys. Um, I'm glad you, you, you're keeping us safe by uh, having uh, the practices in your dealership, which uh, reflect your interest in keeping us uh, safe and, uh, against the, uh, the virus. Uh, which will go away eventually. Uh, so, uh, and I picked up a couple of, of things you were saying, um, uh, and I have a question uh, uh, concerning uh, uh, keeping your car car battery running. I used to put a trickle charger on a car. Mm-hmm. However, that was an old car. I don't. I, I don't think. Can Can you put a trickle charger on on a car now, or and do you have to unhook the battery to put the uh, put the trickle charger on? You can absolutely put a trickle charger on. Uh, for folks that haven't heard this term before, basically it's a little battery charger that can be hooked up to your battery either by way of little clamps, like the, the jumper cable style, or you can actually have the wires attached right to the bolt and bolted in place, and they've got a little connector that you can disconnect to leave those wires there for when you're driving the car. And basically you just plug this right in plug it into the wall and it will keep a very low charge going into the battery to help maintain that battery while your car is just sitting. They're, they're an excellent idea. And you don't have to unhook the uh, negative uh, clamp on there? Uh, you could leave everything hooked up and, and then you do the trickle charger? Absolutely. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, well, since we're talking about batteries, uh, my next question is uh, and when, you, when your battery is five years old, you recommend changing it, even if it's, you know, even it's working. Is that correct? 
I would recommend having it tested. Uh, and if it's borderline to the 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 new testers now, they're they're not like the old school things that would just kind of give you a general idea. These new computerized testers are so good, they can tell you if that battery is borderline gonna fail. So if you test that battery and it says it's getting old and it's time to go, then go ahead and get a new one in they there. They call that a load test, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so in other words, a special load test that wasn't available years ago. Is that correct? Right. They they it's a they have testers now that are computerized to the point of which they can detect and give you a pretty good idea of how long that battery has left in its life. Okay. Now my last question is for Earl: Will hybrid cars be discounted because of the uh, low price of gasoline? Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You're all cars are going to be discounted, and the cars in general, SUVs and trucks are the ones that are holding the price. But when you add the Corona crisis uh, to the uh, to the low price of gas, cars, especially hybrids, will be very cheap, and you're going to see a lot of incentives and discounts from the manufacturers, low interest rates from the manufacturers and also discounts from the dealers. But as I said earlier in the show, you're also going to find people, uh, car dealers, that are going to try to confuse you, bait and switch you, and raise the price on you. But if you do your homework, you'll get a better deal on a car uh, today and even better than that in about three weeks. I'm, I'm guessing three or four weeks, you'll be able to buy a car cheaper than you ever bought a car in your life. Okay, good. That's what I want to know. So, in other words, you recommend waiting at least uh, three weeks. I would say to I'd say the end. You know, kind of play it by ear. But I'm thinking by the end of April. That's uh, that's when I think the the momentum of this whole Corona crisis is being uh, talked about to kind of peak. Yeah. And then uh, I think the incentives put in place as we go through April will be there. Then strike while the iron's hot. You got the end of the month going for you on April 30th, or, or even. Uh, May 1st, uh, right toward the end of the month, you got everything going for you to really get a great price. Yeah, the, the manufacturers are kind of just are, are watching the situation, seeing how April's playing out. We're all doing that right now. <clears throat> so they've already, um, immediately, like Toyota incentives, they already beefed up. For example, in the 2020 Camry, they had like a tw- only a $250 um, cash incentive, now it's $1,500. Um, watch that get bigger. And, and not just Toyota, all manufacturers. Yeah. And we had okay, a great information. Great information, as always, and I appreciate your help. Thank you very much, and uh, have a good day. Thanks, Thank Howard. Thank you, Howard. Stay safe. Uh, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give me a call. Uh, any question at all, or if you uh, just want to uh, say hello, 877-960-9960. And uh, you can also text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero, and don't forget www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Um, I have a text from Patty, and she lives in Texas. Her lease is up, and the dealership is closed. Uh, she, really? She should have she should have taken care of it quite some time ago. Well, do you have uh, an answer for what her? kind of car was it? She has a uh, Chevrolet uh, uh, Equinox. Uh, you can take it probably to any Chevy dealer. Yeah. 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 It doesn't have to go back to the same dealer. And now, also, Ford's and different. And also, you ought to check with GMAC 
uh, or the leasing company and see if they uh, are extending leases. Uh, leasing companies will be extending leases. And uh, if you just rather not go car shopping now, you might try to get an extension. Okay, Patty. Hope we answered your question. Don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call at 877-960-9960. Okay, um, we got some more text. Yeah. Before we go to the text, I want to mention, um, because I was thinking with Howard when she talked about buying the car, uh, our mystery shopping report, uh, had a, we, we checked out an advertised car. I'll just tell you a little bit ahead of time. Uh, and the advertised car, correct me if I'm wrong, Stu, they were advertising it. Zero uh, percent financing, no payments for four months, and was it eighty-four months? Eighty-four months, real long term, zero yeah. percent, and no payments for one hundred and twenty days. Now, I said to Nancy in the car we were talking about on the way to the radio studio. I said it almost m- makes me want to buy that car. I mean that that's probably as sweet a deal on the surface without digging down deep yeah. as you'll ever hear. Zero percent for seven years, eighty-four yeah. months. And no payments for the first four months. Yeah, that payment's going to be uh, like a lease payment, but you're going to own it. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you if you do trade out, you know, every three years, you're going to have uh, take a while to get some equity in that car, mm-hmm. but not as long because there's no interest. So it's uh, it sounds like a good deal. But listen to the Mr. Shopper report around nine thirty, uh, toward the end of the show, and you will find out what really happened to that sweet deal that was advertised. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Leave it to a dealer to muck it all up. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is from Anne Marie, and this is kind of uh, related to the questions we had about the battery charging. Uh, good morning. Um, I hope everyone is well. The safe thing to do is shelter in place and only go out when we really have to. Obviously, we aren't using as much fuel as we used to. I was wondering, what is the best thing to do when it comes to refueling? Should we top off after a few weeks, or should we wait until the tank is low and then refill, even if it's been over a month or two since our last fill-up? Thanks. That's a Rick question. Uh, Before you answer that question, Robert is holding uh, from Palm Beach Gardens. Thank you for your uh, patience, Robert. Uh, Excuse me, Roberta. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) My vision's blurred. (laughs) Well, thank Uh you. How can we help you, Roberta? Yes, I was just wondering about the 2014 Dodge trucks. Um, somebody told me that they didn't have spark plugs. I just wondered if, if that was true, that they, that they didn't have spark plugs in that kind of truck. Uh, I don't know if that's a stupid question, but... <laughs> no, no, believe me. I, I, you know, I, anything's possible. Um, um, Rick, what's... Uh... No, all gasoline engines have spark plugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only engines that do not have spark plugs are diesels, and they actually have what oh, are diesel. called right. They have glow plugs that last quite a while, but their diesels actually run a very different design than a gasoline engine. Okay, so the diesels they don't have spark plugs. Yeah, not, not right. per se, but they have a device. Uh, you know, like Rick says, it's a glow plug. Something's got to ignite the diesel. And they also have uh, well, the, the compression and the uh, right. D- diesels actually run by using high compression yeah. to cause it to ignite the fuel. Yeah. The glow plug simply warms up the cylinder and adds heat in when it's needed on a yeah. cold engine. Yeah. So it makes it easier to start the it's engine. It's part part of the ignition process. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Thank well, you. That that answered my question. I appreciate it because I I was arguing with somebody over that. We weren't sure. <laughs> we had no idea if it, if it did or not. Well, thank you for calling us, Roberta. Are you a first time caller? Yes. 
please stay on uh, the uh, line. And uh, Mike in our control room is going to take your information, contact information, and that will allow me to mail you $50 this morning for being a first-time wow. female caller. Thank you. Yes. Wow, that, that sure helps in this time of year. <laughs> yes, most definitely. And Mike will take your information. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank Spread you, the Father. word, Roberta. Roberta, right. We were in the middle of answering a text yes. question, I think. Uh, right, that was on uh, fuel. And my recommendation, I would go ahead and just top up every couple of weeks. If you're down below, say, three quarters of a tank, go ahead and top it up a little bit. Because it can't hurt to drive the car to the gas station, give it a few moments of running time, you know, help basically exercise the car a little bit. Um, I'm going to disagree with your expert opinion. Okay. My, my opinion is, first of all, no one wants to have to go to the gas station because you've got to wear gloves or something to pick up the, you know, the, the gas pump. You don't want to touch things. You don't want to get out of the house. And gas prices of anything are going down. So if I were driving the car, I would uh, stay out of the gas station until I had to go. Uh, no one's closing the gas stations. True. Uh, very few people are using gas. Yep. And uh, if you've got a tank full of gas now, you, it's, if, if you're not driving as much as I'm not driving, you're probably good for a couple of months before you have to go in. And gas prices will probably be a lot less. Very true. And for the, for the second part of it, though, gasoline modern fuels do not go bad. It would take three, four, or five months before you would ever see any sort of problem yeah. with the fuel degrading yeah, you, due to time. You, you watch The Walking Dead. They've been driving cars with uh, old gas for like 10 years now. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. Very good, Stu. Very good. <laughs> Thank Very, you, sir. Yeah, no, uh, the modern gasoline, you're, you're totally safe. Um, however, I, would, I will caution that can of gas that has been sitting in your shed for four or five months do not put that in your car. Run that through the lawnmower or something, you know, a, a less expensive engine, something that's going to just burn it because it doesn't really care about the fuel and use it up that way. But, yeah, don't don't put that in your car. You could really cost yourself a quite a hefty bundle by using old gasoline that might have been contaminated because it's in a, a container that's sitting in your shed. 877-960-9960. Yeah. Who knows what kids put, put in that tank of gas mm -hmm. anyway. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, or post on Facebook or uh, YouTube. I mean, you can get us any way you want. Uh, let's go to some more text. We're never going to get through these anonymous feedbacks. <laughs> we got a lot. Yeah, anonymous feedback. Yeah. I won't give the, the uh, URL out right. because we'll get too many. It's your mamamanusfeedback.com. Sorry. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, I wonder why car dealers and newspapers, radio, TV are exempt from the FTC truth and advertising rules and regulations. Yeah. I think that was said in tongue, tongue in cheek. <laughs> yeah, that's it a, seems it's, like it. it's something that probably one of my pet peeves, and I I've ranted and raved about that for a long, long time. And why our regulators they're to blame? Our leg, our regulators and our legislators. I'm looking I'm looking for a, uh, a thing. I have a printout. Uh, it's a Federal Trade Commission printout that basically says, I can't find it, uh, it says that when you advertise a price or a payment, if there's anything that will modify that price or payment, 
where it's actually higher than what the price of payment says, it has to be conspicuously di displayed in the same size type as the uh, actual price or payment. So it's totally ignored. You've all seen the lease payments on television. That's a good example. Uh, they'll have lease this new Cadillac for $399 a month and uh, take delivery today for just $399 a month and then it'll flash on the screen for five seconds if you're lucky the disclosure. Well, if you stop and do a still shot on the screen and then you blow it up, you'll find out that you need $10,000 down. It's still hard to read. <laughs> yeah, and you still can't read it. So um, the uh, texter is being tongue-in-cheek. They are not exempt. Car dealers are not exempt. But the legislators and the regulators, the governors and the attorney generals are in the pocket of the car dealers. And the car dealers you can't get elected in the state of Florida, probably most other states, uh, attorney general or anything else, unless you have the car dealer lobby behind you, the car dealer association, and the car dealers. They've got a lot of money, and they buy people uh, positions in office, and they don't enforce the laws of the yep. car dealers, simply. That's Quote. right. Next. More anonymous feedback. Earl, I am. this is a good one. <laughs> Earl, I am glad my comment was a great conversation starter. You've made small comments about wanting critical feedback. There it was, Earl's nemesis. That was a halfway decent signature, wasn't it? It is complete fiction, I assure you. To challenge your take off my check of my cloak, to challenge to take my cloak, take off my cloak of anonymity. Why should I? <laughs> you created this anonymous platform and are very proud of it. I'd love for my company to employ incognito, but I don't think the bigwigs would go for it. Earl, please continue with the show. Keep challenging those bad dealers to be better. Signing off now. Some dude stirring up crap that he knows nothing about. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I can, I can, I congratulate the anonymous feedbacker. Uh, he's obviously an, an intelligent guy. He's got a, a good sense of humor, and uh, uh, he was, uh, he was accusing me. He fooled me though. Yeah, well, he did. He he kind of fooled me, yeah. but I, you know, I I thought he was a worthy uh, a worthy opponent, even though I thought he was attacking me. Uh, and uh, maybe he wasn't. I, he is actually. Here, here's what it is. I, it might be Jim Powell. Well, no, no offense to the to the the guy. You're anonymous, but I got to say, I go. I I think the way you're using sarcasm is confusing your point. And I'm just being honest, because like, yeah. I, I mean, so now I realize he was being facetious, and but before it seemed yeah. like he was. Being what he said serious. to the people that don't know about this when we talked about it before, and I posted it on Facebook. Uh, he was saying that that I am using this show as a forum. Uh, a propaganda to sell myself as an honest, transparent car dealer. And as I tear down all the other car dealers, I'm enhancing my own brand and image. So hopefully you'll come and buy cars from us and buy service from us. And the, the fact of the matter, it's true. Yeah, there's some truth in that. Yeah. It's true. I mean, uh, I know that's happening. Now, is it my primary motivation? No. But I know that people that hear me uh, tell the truth over and over again, and 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 are unchallenged legally by any car dealers by what I say. I you got to believe. Hey, this guy, either he's mentally ill or he's an honest car dealer. It's kind of like saying you're just a nice guy because you want people to like you. Yeah, I mean, if I were that devious to do it solely for that reason, it probably wouldn't come across as good. But your theory could be. I mean, you could be right. Yeah. I could be right. right. Uh, Rick wants to do a YouTube. Well, we've got a couple here. Uh, okay. Let me bring up Tony R's first here. He says, 
What's your thoughts on a 2017 Nissan Pathfinder SV 4x4 with only 18,000 miles for $18,000? It's cherry inside and out and has a clean Carfax. Should I still be leery? Uh, Stu, you're going to have to Google that. I'm not good on appraisals. Uh, are they are they more interested in the price or if it's a good car? I think the the price. I think yeah. uh, the price. Uh, when we get to another question, let me, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll start. I'll, I'll I'll appraise it. The yeah, the uh, Nissan Pathfinder. Okay. As far as I know, is not a bad car. And no, uh, they've been pretty decent. Yeah, you know, let me say this too. Uh, a used car is judged by a different criteria than a new car. Uh, and when Consumer Reports comes out with their new car reports, which is my Bible, uh, the car is new and they haven't had a time to run and, uh, and, and, and experience problems. And so a new car can get a high rating. The Tesla, for example, uh, got the highest rating ever given a car, 100% reliability on a particular new Tesla model a few years ago. And that just blew my mind. I almost bought a Tesla. I got so excited. And then... After the Teslas were on the road for a while, we found out that they're not perfect cars after all. And for a period of time there, there were no Teslas recommended by Consumer Reports. So a, a Nissan Pathfinder that is a few years old uh, could be a great car, but it might not have been recommended that well as a new car. One of the reasons I think it's always better to buy a good used car is because it's got a history. And you can even have a car that typically doesn't have a good history but this one does and if you have the if you have the repair history on the car you can get a real diamond on the rough and get a great buy so okay okay we're gonna go to uh, we're gonna go to bernie who's calling from palm beach gardens welcome to the show bernie thank you very much we appreciate it and my wife and i have listened to you for many years and you saved us money in our last car and as you were saying just a few minutes ago, I think a good buying opportunity is going to be coming up here at the end of this month or by the end of May for sure. Yeah. And that's part of my question coming up. I'm looking at your important links on your website, which is quite handy. But I was wondering if you could add one to that. And that is, I know you've repeatedly said on the radio, what are the legitimate costs on purchasing a car and what are the not legitimate costs, all the extra wonderful names they come up with for <laughs> yeah. just getting money from you. But, you know, it would be handy if you actually put that on an important link. What are the legitimate prices, or what are not prices, what are the legitimate names of the legitimate uh, costs mm -hmm. that you would look at when you went to a car dealership? We know it's tax, that that's a yeah. given. Mm -hmm. There has to be some kind of license fee. But after that, I have no idea. I know you said it plenty of times, but I'm usually either driving or I don't have a piece of paper in front of me to write it down. Well, Stu, uh, Stu's got an answer for that, I think. I, I do, and it's actually it's, it's a great question, and it's, and it's really hard to answer. Um, because the, the legitimate fees that you get, you already mentioned sales tax is one. In the state of Florida, there are $6.50 for a tire disposal and a battery um, fee. And those are state charges. It's very small, but it's legit. And the other is your title registration fee. Now, we've seen dealers on our mystery shops lump in electronic filing fees and private tag agency fees into one line that they're calling registration. Um, I think they're allowed to do that on a, on a worksheet. On the actual buyer's order, there's going to be a separate line that says title registration or something to that effect. 
those are the only legitimate fees you're going to see. That's sales tax, your tire and battery fee, and the actual cost to register that vehicle and apply for a title. Yeah, Bernie, what, what Sue is saying that we could name all the fees to watch out for. We, actually, we couldn't because car dealers are making them up as we speak. And uh, there's probably, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just shoot from the hip, 15 or 20 different names that we've uncovered for dealer fees. Dealer fees is generic for a added price to the car after you come in on the advertised price or the quoted price. So uh, if we gave you every dealer fee name to watch out for, as we're this as this show is being conducted, another dealer is going to come up, and he could call he could call his fee uh, Purell. I'm holding up my can of Purell here, my model of Purell. So uh, that's silly, but you see what I'm saying. You can name it. The Florida is the loosest state in the union for uh, dealers and dealer fees, and they allow a car dealer in Florida to name a dealer fee anything they want. I think, though, I like your suggestion, and we will do what you're asking. Uh, we will name all the dealer fees that we know of, and we will put them on the list. We'll also uh, do something for dealer installed accessories and try to cover that for you also. Uh, but what Stu is saying is we say by exclusion it's simpler. We say unless it's a government fee, don't pay it. If the advertised price or quoted price, if, he, if the car dealer wants to add something that is not from the government, meaning sales tax, uh, tag registration, or a $6.50 tire tax, if it's not a tax or fee the government charges the dealer, then don't pay it. I, I fully agree you, you wouldn't be able to write down all the flim-flam choices and words they use. But uh, you've actually told me what I was after, and this is what my suggestion is. You said sales tax, tire disposal and battery, and title registration fee. Yep. Yes. If you could just put that on, these oh, yeah. are things you should be paying for yes. and nothing else. That would be helpful. Great yes. idea. Yeah, we'll, we'll put up Actually, today. If you put it right on the bottom of your deal door out, out deal out the, or download download out the door form mm-hmm. or add it to it. These are the fees you should be looking for, and these are and then anything else is bogus. That would be helpful too yeah. for a future car buyer. Well, Bernie, you have to be careful even then, because one thing the car dealers have started doing is they're they're in, they're trying to counterfeit impersonate uh, registration fees. Uh, they uh, they have something called a tag agency fee. That sure sounds logic like it's a government fee, doesn't it? Agency. Or how about a yeah tag agency fee, or how about electronic filing fee or e filing fee? They've learned how to make their uh, added profit sound like a government fee. So uh, you almost have the, the acid okay. test. The acid test of a government fee is: does it say, do they charge sales tax well, on it? I want it? you to hear the answer because I might not be able to hear it. Okay. Oh, I guess I will through my earphones. Okay. Uh, how are we doing? Uh, I'm good. I have a uh, I have a text from Pittsburgh, and um, hometown. <laughs> Okay. What happened to Bernie? I think we lost him. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, before I get to that text, I'll go to Olivia, who's holding in Palm Beach Gardens. Welcome to the show, Olivia. Good morning. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Been listening for um, been listening for a couple of years, and just haven't, you know, take it all in stride. And a question came up. My 
three years ago, my brothers and sisters and I, we leased a car from our 83-year-old mother um, from a dealership in Stewart. And she got caught, hounded, like, within the first month, constant from, from a call center to do with Nissan, telling her that she needed to bring her car in for an oil change. And, you know, it was driving her to the point where she was like, we need to take my car in. You know, she had a 1,000 miles on it. Hmm. Um, so they never got, they didn't upsell her because we wouldn't let them. When we took the car in for the oil change, I changed the number on her record to my phone number. Never got a call back from them ever. Hmm. Um, I've been dealing with a, a, a dealership in, uh, under the same family name for 15 years in Martin County. Never got a call from them. They never, you know, because I think it's the age thing. Well, we turned her car in earlier, than, earlier first week in March, and it was in mint condition. She had 9,600 miles on it in three years. Wow. Um, we took video of it, you know, everything. Perfect condition. We got, we got an email stating that they want to charge $100 for the wheel covers that they are uh, damaged. Wow. Now, when we turned that car in, it was detailed. It was, I mean, it looked better that when we turned it. I mean, it was, I can't say enough nice things about it. And it's not the $100, it's the principle sure. that now my mother, 86 years old, it's like they're trying to get that money back because she only had one oil change because mm -hmm. she wasn't due till 10,000 miles. And we think that they're trying, because they couldn't upsell her, that they're trying to get that money. Well, that's, that's a shame. And I, uh, that car probably is worth, it could be worth more than the residual value. Uh, I'm sure you don't want to exercise the purchase option um, because your your mother does need the car apparently and uh, but this dealer and this leasing company will probably take your mother's car and sell it at auction and make a nice profit or they could make a nice profit if it's the way you describe it uh, so low mileage and perfect condition the car is probably worth more than the residual which is what they anticipated when they set the payment uh, schedule up uh, I would protest it I would call the leasing company and uh, just confront them. Uh, I've had success at my dealership by doing this. Um, we sometimes find, in fact, not, it's, it's not unusual to find overcharges by leasing companies. Uh, I, I, I hate to think it's a conspiracy, but it seems like sometimes it's just almost automatic. The leasing companies will go back out and try to charge you for abnormal, beyond normal wear and tear and try to charge you for paint work or tire wear or uh, interior upholstery and other things. And it's worth calling and trying to argue to see if you can't get them to waive it. I will, we will do that. Thank you so much. Olivia? I appreciate it, and we listen every Saturday. Thanks Olivia, so are you a first-time caller? I am. Congratulations. You just won yourself $50 this morning. And if you'll stay on the line and uh, Mike in our control room will take your contact information, and I'll get that check out to you this morning. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're Thank welcome, you. Olivia. Give Thank us a you. call again. Okay, 877-960-9960 is the call-in number, 877-960-9960. The text, 772-497-6530, 772-497-6530. And uh, Rick, 
Well, we've got one that uh, Donovan Lewis is asking. Uh, this is on the earlier question about the FTC and the uh, truth in advertising. Yeah, yeah. He says, if this is all true, why is the FTC or the state not doing anything about it? If any other business did that, they would be in trouble. But car dealers get away crap advertising of the price. Here's my here's my opinion, and uh, can I be sued by the attorney general? I'm not sure. Uh, my opinion is that most uh, investigations and uh, regulations are enforced by state attorney generals, and to get elected attorney general in Florida, you have to have the support of the Florida Automobile Dealers Association, the National Automobile Dealers Association, and the individual car dealers. Car dealers and their associations have almost as much money as trial lawyers and insurance companies. And you're never going to find anybody go against trial lawyers. You're never going to find anybody go after insurance companies. And you're never going to find anybody going after car dealers. The Attorney General, unfortunately, and this has been, uh, I go all the way back to McCollum when I remember, uh, I think the this, this show uh, first started. Bill McCollum. And, and we're on our, we're on our third, we're in our third uh, Attorney General that I can recall, and they just sit on their hands and pretend like everything's going. They go after the kind of uh, businesses that don't have any influence on their election. Like human growth hormone vendors. Yes, exactly. And uh, I think that's a fact. I think everybody knows that. Because uh, if you're a car dealer, you can get away with just about anything in Florida. Yep. Okay. You know, we ought to have a contest to see what listener can come up with the most imaginative term for a dealer fee? Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's get back. Let's get back to Pittsburgh. See if we can beat the dealers at their own game. <laughs> uh, Lori is interested in uh, whether or not the uh, dealers will have parts if she needs to get her car fixed. In light yeah. of everything that's going on. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we will. I yeah. think that. Uh, Again, I'm a half glass half full guy. I think this thing the man uh, will meet supply will be will be over uh, um, before too many more months, and that uh, that's not going to be a test of the availability of parts. Yeah, uh, right now for most modern new manufacturers, the parts uh, delivery system is pretty sophisticated. Um, they can get parts the same day, and when when the volume slows down in service departments, the uh, like like I mentioned, the supply will will meet that demand. Um, I can do a lightning round of texts because I don't think uh, we're going to finish all these texts or anonymous feedback before the end of the pandemic. <laughs> you ready? Well, that's good. Now, let's, yeah. let's go as let's fast go. as we can all right. and still be legible. Here we go. Because um, I've been able to do a little, get, get the answers ahead of time. So I've been considering buying my 16-year-old son a 2008 FJ Cruiser. I've read that they're reliable and have a lot of safety features and seem to hold their value. Can you offer any thoughts on a first-time driver using that as a daily driver? Are there things to look out for when buying those uh, model year FJs? That's from Chris in Georgia. He says, thank you. And I can't address that. They are, believe it or not, and I'm going to surprise my father here, Consumer Reports gives them a 5 out of 5 in reliability and a 5 out of 5 in owner satisfaction. That said, you're crazy to buy your 16-year-old son a 2008 FJ Cruiser. They have terrible gas mileage, and they have terrible visibility, and they're fun to drive. But as a first-time car uh, for, for a son, if you're going to spend money in that range, in that $16,000, $18,000 range, or uh, get one with newer safety features, that 2008 FJ Cruiser 
It's got analog brakes and all that sort of stuff. Airbags. It doesn't have what, all the what new stuff. What about safety? I mean, is a, safety, what's the safety rating by It's got a high reports? safety rating, but for its year. I mean, back in yeah. 2008, you didn't have blind spot monitoring and all the other stuff. So yeah. um, uh, I'd think about that twice. That said, your kid is going to love you if you get him one because it's a cool car. But you It know. is, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's just my opinion. Then. Um, the next one is a anonymous feedback. Uh Rick, with the know-how you've gained over the years working on cars and with four of your most competent car-savvy friends, how quickly could you and your team replace the engine of an 80s-era Ford Escort? Pause. Let Rick answer. Uh, wouldn't happen. I don't work on Fords. Okay. A crack team of UK Royal Marines replaced the engine in 42 seconds. That included a short test drive to prove that the new engine works. Now, this would be impossible to do with today's computerized engines, but if Rick would step up to take that challenge, my money's on him. Rick, I'd be on your team with my one screwdriver and claw hammer that I have in my house. <laughs> okay, that one's way too long. Folks, brevity is... Uh, is what we need uh, on the radio show. Stu has told a dad joke or made a dad pun in the past. Here is one that just reminded me of Stu. While in quarantine, I'll be telling inside jokes. <laughs> Thanks and have a great day. Yes, I'm one of Stu's fan club members. I got a fan club? Wow. All right. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. I do tell dad jokes because I am a dad, and I thought my jokes were good until my kids started calling my jokes dad jokes. Uh, yeah. Um, Earl, I came across a new dirty trick in a YouTube video today. When a dealer goes on a pre-appraisal walk around your trade-in before the appraiser takes your car on a joyride, he or she may ask you, if you were given $1,000 or $1,500 to fix anything on this car, what would you take it in for? This is meant for you to devalue your own car by the same dollar amount. Just don't answer that question. I love your show. Keep the info and enter entertainment coming. That's a great idea. I'm going to cover that in our next sales meeting. <laughs> well, actually, that's a standard operating procedure for yeah. all car dealers uh, is to prepare the customer for a lower value of the trade-in than they anticipate. And one of the ways you do this, I haven't heard of that one, uh, but that's worth trying for yeah. you car dealers out there. Uh, uh, what is standard is to walk around, you see, uh, say, a scratch. You don't even say anything to the customer, but you have the customer with you, and you walk over and you lean over you and you it. look closely at the scratch, and maybe you go, You touch it. Yeah. And then you, everything you see, the tires, you get down and you look at the, if they're worn tires, you rub your hand on the tire. Shake your head. You open the, you open the hood. You, in other words, you look at everything that is possibly a blemish or a problem. And so that if there is anything on the car he's worried about, he knows you've seen it, and he's therefore prepared for a lower value on the trade-in than he anticipated, which is why when you trade your car in, you should never rely on the car salesman or the car manager's appraisal. You should get separate bids on your car from a lot of sources. You can go to CarMax, AutoNation appraises and buys cars over the curb. Uh, you can go to webuyanycar.com. You can go to Carvana. Uh, and Stu can probably come up with some other sources that you do. You can get, uh, if you're driving a Honda Civic and you want to buy a new Honda Civic, go to two or three other Honda dealers and go to the used car manager and say, what will you buy the car for? You can establish a very good market value for your car without relying on the appraisal. Yep. They call that the silent appraisal. Yes, the silent appraisal. Yeah. Um, are you limited to swapping dealer inventory with another Toyota dealer within the Southeast Toyota distributor coverage area? 
can you dealer swap inventory with another Toyota dealer in another part of the U.S. outside of Southeast Toyota's territory? And would there be a financial penalty as a result? Um, it can be done. Um, it is unusual, and Toyota and Southeast Toyota both frown on it. Um, but um, in a pinch, we've done this in the past. Uh, to give you a quick example, a long time ago, Toyota came out uh, with the plug-in Prius. It was it, before the Prius Prime, and it was only available in certain areas of the country. And um, we bought a whole bunch, I think, from Maryland. Yeah. And um, that was a mistake. <laughs> it took us like five years to sell Shame them all. like a good idea at the time. <laughs> hey, we took a chance. But anyway, it can be done, but it's, it's, it's kind of tough. Um, okay, here's a fun one. Anonymous feedback. Good morning, and hello, Earl. Um, I think it would be fun to have you go around the studio and ask everyone what would be his or her nomination of the best driving song. Maybe you include Alan by text message and also the guys in the control room. I quite enjoy The Boys of Summer by the Ataris. Uh, what is your top driving song, Earl? Thank you and keep on rocking. Huh. What is my... Uh, I, I sing a lot in the car and, uh, and then Nancy slaps me. Love is lovelier. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I go oldies. I'm a, this is a true oldies nation and it's perfect for me because I'm a 50s and 60s and maybe early 70s kind of a guy. So I burst into song, but I don't have a favorite song. Rick, what's your favorite song? While riding in my Cadillac. That does not sound like a driving song. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> that's, like a, that's like a parking song. Come on, Little Nash Rambler. <laughs> What's yours, Sue? And mine changes with the era. It's ch ch I had a high school one, a college one. I would say my favorite one right now is uh, Tense by Anderson Pock featuring Kendrick Lamar. Look it up. Never heard of it. Nancy, what's yours? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> Bob <Pitbull>. Sinclair. <laughs> World, hold on. Okay. That's oh, just that's, one of them. I love to sing in the car. Okay, next. Okay. You wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you're singing. I'm saying, God, Earl, we got to get some <laughs> no, sleep. He's, he's singing in his sleep. <laughs> All right. Can the mileage on digital odometers be turned back like they could in the old days with mechanical odometers? No. Didn't think so. Hey, that, came in, that one came in twice. Um, what they do, by the way, is they just replace the odometer, yeah. and then it becomes, uh, uh, you know, you, it's legal uh, to put in an uh, odometer, a uh, brand-new odometer, and then you just have to say it's a brand-new odometer. Yeah. Somebody nope. watching Ferris Bueller? No, what? I mean, Rick, is, Rick <laughs> says that's not right. We actually buy, when, when a car comes in that we're going to replace the computer board that has the odometer, we require that the car stays at the dealership till we get the new part installed. We, the part is sent by Toyota to a company that programs in the exact same mileage and they send us the part. So when we install it, your car still shows the accurate mileage that's on that car. Okay, let me ask you this question. Uh, <clears throat> if uh, I'm Joe Blow and I'm in Kentucky and uh, I, my car's in an accident and uh, they repair it, and the odometer has to be repaired. Does the law require that they put in an odometer with the same mileage that my car had? I don't think the law actually requires yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's what the question was. Right. Uh, is, in, uh, back in the, and I don't know if it's changed with this um, this sort of procedure, if there was a replacement odometer, there was something that had to be declared, and it was labeled TMU, otherwise known as yeah, True Mileage Unknown. In many cases, we see cars uh, with... Uh, uh, new odometers, and they, and I think it's great what Toyota's doing, and I think it helps the customer, and it also uh, 
minimize the amount of fraud going on. But uh, it, there's not a law saying you have to do that. If I was a, a bad guy and I had a car with uh, 800,000 miles on it and I thought I could get more money for the car by putting a new odometer in uh, and then having people say, I replace the odometer, I don't know how many miles. I might sell the car for more money saying I don't know how many miles. Yeah, true story here. Car came into the shop. It was a Camry hybrid that the odometer showed 70,000 miles on it and it was an older car and the moment I got in the car I thought something was wrong because there was no carpeting it was all vinyl mm -hmm. and there were holes all through it where they had removed the plastic safety shield and the uh, taxi meter devices and there was even yellow paint in various uh -huh. spots mm -hmm. and when we tracked it down by running a Carfax we found that the car actually had been at a dealership and had over 200,000 miles. Yeah. yeah. This fellow had bought the car online, sight unseen, from someone down in Miami. Mm -hmm. And then it came to us because they had a hybrid issue and the battery was going bad. They thought it would still be under warranty. And obviously it was completely yeah, out of the, warranty. The, the best protection against that sort of thing is just it's good record keeping. And you'll find those inconsistencies and Carfax. Carfax notices it, it will um, highlight a odometer discrepancy. And so if a car has service records, every time it goes in the shop, they record the mileage. And then you would see unusual things. That's what you, you want to watch out for. But you got to do your homework. Next. Yep. Folks, uh, give us a call toll-free, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, if you picked up the Florida Weekly, uh, take a look at Earl's latest column. That's Coronavirus Catch-22. A great read. Let me hold also, on the camera here. Uh, also, uh, you can take a look uh, uh, at uh, Earl on Cars. Uh, this is the one I just said. Oh, good. Okay. Okay, let's go to the text. Earl, what do you think about this car shield program that they advertise on T? Thanks for all you do for our community. And that's from Phil. And in the interest of time, we had another question from Robbie in Stort, Florida. Says, has the same question. Um, I listen to your show every week. Probably know the answer to this question. Car shield extended maintenance warranty is spending a fortune on TV advertising. Is it for real? And do you accept it at your dealership? I can answer that. That's all it is. It's an extended service contract, the same sort of thing that they sell in the car dealer in the box at the dealership. Uh, they're just branding it differently, like it's a miracle product. It's an extended warranty. It costs a lot of money, and uh, you could you could riff should, on that. We should investigate it. I, 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 my, my feeling is it's a ripoff. My feeling is that it's a highly overpriced extended service Warrant. contract because that's what everybody's doing. I am peppered. I have a car in my own name and I'm peppered with uh, these in the mail and essentially most of them are just powertrain warranties and they charge you thousands of dollars. So um, put it on our ledger that we're starting when we th say things we're going to do and then we don't get to them. We will get to this. We will examine the car shield. We'll yeah. find out what the value is. But my gut tells me don't buy it. They're spending a lot of money on advertising, and I've never seen this before. Most of these uh, uh, extended warranty companies are, are do using direct mail, uh, telephone, texting, email. They're going after you that way. But someone is spending big bucks on this car shield, and I think it's a ripoff. We will give you the yeah. actual facts next week. We'll dig into the details. Yeah. Um, 
Here's a text. I have a 2010 Cyan TC. I bought it three years ago to use as a hoopty. It now has, what is that? <laughs> Those great big giant wheels that people put on cars. Uh, they okay. lift them way up and put the big wheels on them. Got nice. it. It's a hoopty. Uh, it now has 112,000 miles, runs fine, gets great mileage. In fact, it has become my primary driver. My mechanic says that it is in great shape and has many, many miles left in it. But when idling at speed or at speed, the engine sounds fine. But pulling away from a stop, it sounds like the tappers rattle. Is this normal or due to age and mileage? Is there any valve train adjusted adjustment recommended? Or as my mechanic says, just drive the thing and stop worrying. Thanks for your great program. No, because the camshaft sits directly over top of the valves on that. So there's no adjustments on that engine for, for adjusting the valve train. So the mechanic right. Drive yep. the car and enjoy it. Listen to the tap. It's a good mechanic. Uh, Request your mystery shopper to include dealer cleanliness and affection control procedures from their mystery shopping visits. This will help protect new car shoppers from getting a pesky COVID-19 infection. I never heard that thing described as pesky. Does the mystery shopper now wear a mask and gloves when visiting a car dealer? Yes. Agent Thunder um, in his shop yesterday wore a mask and gloves. And um, without getting in too much detail, but we are commenting on the on the practices and the behavior of the salespeople and what they're seeing. He's, he, he does a report on his observations on cleanliness and social distancing. So good point, and we will continue to focus that focus on that during these mystery yeah, shows. Precautions are expanding as the virus uh, uh, you know, proliferates and gets worse. And uh, as everybody knows, uh, in Florida, uh, it's recommended that everybody wear a mask when they're outside. Yeah. At first, it was thought that masks. Uh, were only required if you were ill and prevented from spreading the illness. And now uh, there's some thought about uh, protecting yourself with a mask. So we're trying to stay on top of the recommendations and being err on the side of caution. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, good morning, John from California. I think it's John from the West Coast of California. Uh, John from California here wants to ask, is there something we can do to get Chrysler to own up to the lifter and camshaft failure? There's a lot of videos and people they have complained uh, to Chrysler, but they claim not to know anything about it, even though there's tons of videos to prove that the lifter fails and the camshaft goes flat. Is there something we as consumers can do to make them um, uh, on this defect um, on the 5.7 Hemi motors? Talking about it is good. Uh, it hurts sales. The more people talk about it. Uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Association, that's the only authority that can do anything about it. Uh, I guess they have their plate full with a lot of other problems. Um, I agree that uh, uh, maybe they don't take action as often as they do, but maybe it's because they're just overworked and underpaid. That's right. Uh, this is from Kyle, a text. Good morning, everyone. I hope everyone's safe and, safe and healthy. My question is about how aggressive and desperate are dealers and manufacturers right now to sell a car uh, since I read that March sales numbers were horrendous for many car makers. I remember in 2009, 2010, seeing cars for 40% off MSRP and thousands below invoice. Um, in a time like this, would be uh, would a dealer rather lose thousands and move a unit or not make a sale and hold tight? Thank you. Stay healthy. Well, dealers will always uh, make a sale if they can make a small profit or even sometimes, depending on bonuses and incentives, uh, technically lose money on one car. But uh, that's only if they make money overall. Uh, the desperation is there. The, the, the dealerships are worried about their existence. 
car salespeople are worried about uh, their jobs. The manufacturers are worried about their existence. Uh, this is the worst thing I've seen. I've been in the business uh, for over 50 years. I've been through a lot of crises. This is the worst, uh, that uh, both in terms of our, our health, our lives, and our economy. So it's uh, a terrible, terrible situation. And any car dealer or manufacturer that has uh, any brains is scared to death. And, and that breeds desperation. So uh, you can use that as an opportunity to get a really great price on a car. Just be more careful than you have ever been. Because remember, car salespeople are paid on commission. They get 25% of the profit they make on you. If a car costs $10,000 and they sell the car for uh, $11,000, they make $250. If they sell, sell it for $20,000, they make $2,500. So they're going to sell you the car for as much as they possibly can. The advertisement that you came in on means nothing to them. They'll try to switch you to a different car, they'll play with the numbers, or they'll switch you to financing where they make more money than when they sell the car. So think about it. You're worried about losing your job. You're used to selling 15 cars a month. Now you're selling five cars a month. You're a car salesman. Somebody walks on the lot. You haven't seen anybody on the lot in four hours. Now, there is dinner and groceries for your family. You ever see, uh, like, uh, Bugs Bunny and the, uh, the Tweety Bird turns into a, a roasted yeah. chicken? Yeah. You're yeah. the roasted chicken. Exactly. So <laughs> desperation is there. So, yes, if, you're, if you've done your homework and you are careful and you shop and compare, competitiveness is your best friend, you will get a dynamite deal on a car. But you will also be taken seriously advantage of desperation. Just remember, whatever price that car is, the higher it is, the salesman's making more money. The dealer's making more money. The sales manager's making more money. Uh, the manufacturer's making money. Sure. Uh, you, are, you are the Tweety Bird, and, and the, the dealer is the pork chop. Sylvester. Exactly. Absolutely. You're a, you're a savory pork chop. Um, uh, and, and the thing is, during the uh, COVID-19 epidemic, everything that we've taught on this show um, still needs to be applied uh, you shop multiple dealers get different quotes yes. um this that the, this advice will serve you during this better than ever yeah i wish there was a way to find out um like because a dealer who was in poor financial health is more likely to engage in more desperate tactics as opposed to someone who could sustain the um this during the economic downturn that's an excellent point you can't um, you can't know that but a healthier yeah. financially healthier dealer yeah. is more likely to be a, uh, yeah, i'll tell you I'll, I'll i'll share something from my past experiences when a car dealer is in serious uh, financial trouble, it's a liquidity problem. He doesn't have the cash to continue an operation. And one of the ways dealers will raise cash illegally is by not paying off the loan on the cars. Uh, they call it floor plan. If a dealer has 100 cars, new cars, and 100 used cars in his inventory, he's borrowed money from the bank or from the captive <coughs> lender to have those uh, cars on his lot. When he sells the car, he has to pay the, the lender off. As soon as he sells the car, he has to pay the lender off. So what will happen is uh, he'll float on the lender, and that's the way he raises cash to do business. Also, dealers will not pay off the trade-in. You trade a car in, and you buy a new car, 
and then two months later you get a done you get a uh, 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 somebody calling you from the collections uh, from where you finance the used car and say you owe us two more payments you say i traded the car in two months ago well you did but the dealer didn't pay your car off yeah. these are all the things that happen during desperate times and it will happen again so when you trade your car in be sure that the, that the that the loan is paid off check with your lender yeah. that you finance your trade in with to be sure the dealer paid your car off and also be uh well you don't care what happens to the dealer but the dealer is probably not going to play if he's in trouble won't pay the floor plan off the loan on the new car you bought and that's how they go down fast yeah. and, uh, a reason you have to be careful Rick. Okay, I'm going to slip in this uh, text that's from Irvine, California, and this is from uh, Kira. Uh, and uh, thank you for the text, Kira. Kira's single, and she needs to purchase a new car and wants to know what uh, she should do first. Well, Kira, being, uh, I won't even emphasize single, uh, just purchasing a vehicle, you must do your homework before you go to the dealership if that's what you choose to do to go into the dealership. But uh, doing your homework is extremely important. Uh, knowing uh, what you want so that you're not talked into some other purchase. And that's the make, the model, the color, everything. And do your homework. And like I said, know exactly what you want. And don't be interested in so much of uh, the numbers if they throw at you well listen you know the uh, i can make your payment or extend the you know the uh financing uh, you know all the mumbo jumbo that they go into so please do your homework knowledge is power and uh thanks for the text kira okay we got time for more text yeah we have more incognito anonymous feedback if the COVID 19 crisis uh, causes competing Toyota dealers in the area to close their doors, what will happen to their sales territories? Would your dealership have the option to open another Earl Stewart Toyota location in those open territories? Hey, nice thought. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to see uh, too many car dealerships close. I was surprised when you talked about the one in Texas. Uh, car dealerships have closed uh, if there's been a coronavirus incident uh, to do a deep cleansing on the on the dealership. I've heard a couple of stories like that, but then they open up again. Uh, there's also a question of whether contractually a car dealer uh, can close without threatening his uh, contract. I think they probably can close without a threat on their contract. But I think uh, knowing the mentality of car dealerships and the fact that it is a vital service, uh, I think that in some way, shape, or form, all car dealerships will remain open. They might limit their hours. They might even close on days. For example, we've closed on Sunday at our dealership uh, for service. And uh, we've shortened our sales hours by a couple hours. And service. And service. So uh, we'll adapt to the volume of business. So if a car dealer was selling 300 cars a month before the coronavirus, and now he's only selling 100, he will adjust accordingly. Yeah, and, and the sales territories, those remain. So in yeah. the chance that a dealer went under, there would just be a buyer uh, to take buy that dealership, probably an AutoNation or a Terry Taylor would buy the store at probably yeah. at a good price, and but that territory would, would remain. Would uh, Earl Stewart be able to? Um, we, we would probably try. We, we would probably try, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there's some op opportunities out there, uh, we would certainly be looking at them, and uh, uh, that, that's probably going to happen. Right? You know, on, on the note of 
car sales going slow. Remember, too, that service shops are going slow as well. Sure. So, folks, when you take your car in for maintenance or service, if something sounds like they might be pushing things a little bit, Excellent get point. a second opinion or yeah. play the Missouri card. Show me. Exactly. And yeah. get a second opinion. No, uh, I repeat, uh, I say this so often, uh, but I know they're new listeners. Only do to your car what your owner manual recommends. As far as maintenance is concerned, look at your owner's manual. If you don't have an owner's manual, you can Google it and download it. Read what it says for your particular year, make, model car. And when you take it in for service, that's all you want them to do. Just what's on the uh, owner's manual recommended maintenance. Earl, in hindsight, do you feel that it was a good decision for GM to discontinue the Pontiac and Oldsmobile brands from their product line? Yes, I do. Uh, it was uh, no skin uh, off your teeth. Fortunately, I sold my Pontiac dealership <laughs> to Chuck Schumacher uh, a few years before they canceled Pontiac. Uh, Oldsmobile, uh, they had too many. Uh, General Motors had too many similar makes, and a Chevrolet and an Oldsmobile and a Pontiac uh, and a Cadillac. Oftentimes, they were the same car. Yeah. We talk about. Uh, the Lexus of the Toyota being the same car. And Saturn. Uh, it was a joke with, uh, yeah, it was a joke with uh, General Motors. I mean, you could buy a Cadillac version of the Chevrolet Noah or the Pontiac Ventura, and they were all the same car. Yeah. You just paid $10,000 more for the Cadillac. Yeah. I still get a kick when I see a Pontiac on the road, though. Yeah. Nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. All right. Here's another anonymous submission. Give me a break, Earl. There's no way your radio program can be considered essential during our state shelter-in-place orders. As a community leader, you are setting an awful example. I assure you, I am not alone in this opinion. Please learn to show a little humility for once. You will survive a few weeks out of the limelight. Well, you know, it's hard for me to be, you know, it's hard to be humble when you're great. I mean, <laughs> oh, Lord, it's hard. Okay, folks. Let me say this on a serious note. The radio station is essential, and uh, radio is protected under the essential uh, businesses, and we just happen to be a part of the radio show. Uh, we certainly don't think that we are an essential service under the government guidelines, but we think we are a, a good service for you people out there who have to buy cars which are essential and service so we're kind of like part of the automobile dealers being essential we are helping you being avoided ripped off by the car dealers who you have to go to whether you like it or not if you need a car or need to get your car fixed yeah. and also just consider how drab and boring your saturday mornings would yeah, be without exactly. the show yeah come on and i am an amazing and everybody's person at home you doing wouldn't nothing. have blue man group that's right. You know, we have uh, so much deception going on. And, uh, you know, on a more serious note, uh, we have really uh, taken, uh, you know, and been very serious about coming in here. And uh, we're, what, six, I don't know, six feet away from each other. Uh, we've taken a lot of precautions. And uh, guess what, folks? Um, you're really important to us, and it's important for you not to get ripped off. And there's still so many people, consumers, that are having that happen to them. And we really care about you. Uh, so to that text, call it what you might, call it what you may, we're here to do a job, and we're being very cautious very careful uh if you get a chance go to earl on cars and read another one of earl's columns uh that uh economic threat to auto industry 
huge opportunity if you need to buy a car. And if you didn't pick up the hometown news, uh, just go to Earl on Cars and you can see all, read all of his uh, columns. Now back to the recovering car dealer and our mystery What do you want to do? You want to go got, uh, got a quick, shopping report? Got a quick follow-up question from a, a okay. texter. Um, when you were talking about car dealers uh, um, floating the floor plan, um, are those floating payments tactics of, uh, that a failing dealer does legal since you have a contract? Uh, they, no, they're illegal. When you, you, you violate uh, uh, the law, when you, when you take uh, a car that is financed by Bank America and you sell it and you don't pay the, uh, the loan off, that's uh, it's considered fraud. Uh, you're, you're really uh, in, in a lot of trouble. Uh, if you do that and it's almost standard operating procedure that car dealers do this during recessions and during bad times uh, you will see dealerships that are closed down by lenders and it's really kind of a uh, it's, it's a sad thing i have a i have friends that that ended up uh, in jail uh, because of this and i i think it it's desperation breeds d desperate measures and uh uh, you know, actually, the a former I won't I won't mention his name because I, I like the guy and he's a good guy. Did something wrong, and he had to serve time for it. But a former president of the Florida Automobile Dealers Association, or actually a former I'm sorry, a former director of the Florida Automobile Dealers Association, uh, went to jail. Uh, Alan uh, commented on on Facebook. Uh, his favorite driving song is "Redheaded Stranger." <laughs> <laughs> The album, he said. Oh, okay. Thanks, Alan. Is that uh, Willie Nelson? I never heard of it. I don't know. <laughs> is it? I'm looking at Rick. I don't know why. <laughs> Rick, is I'm, that I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> well, let's do, the, let's do the mystery shopping yeah. report, and then we can go back to the text uh, if we have time. It's 940. So let's, uh, let's go to the mystery shop of AutoNation Chevrolet and Green Acres. That's uh, in uh, southern Palm Beach, central Palm Beach County near Lake Worth, and if you haven't heard of Green Acres. But uh, I always thought uh, Lake Worth I've heard of. Now it's Lake Worth Beach. But anyway, central western Palm Beach County. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic is delivering a devastating blow to the global economy. Millions of Americans have filed for unemployment. 95 million last I heard. It's probably 105 million now. As businesses across the country close their doors to help stop the spread of the virus. Uh, the modern world has never seen anything like this. I think the I don't think the world ever saw anything like this. We had plagues and things in the past. I don't think we ever had a worldwide pandemic. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it's just something that I've never seen, and I've heard nothing like it in history. Uh, as we did during the financial crisis of 2008 and the Great Recession that followed, our country's taking extraordinary measures to soften the blow. A massive relief bill and an even bigger financial stimulus act was passed in the last couple of weeks. But it's not just government that are taking businesses, large and small, are scrambling to take steps to ensure their companies survive this unprecedented crisis. Uh, it's just unprecedented is the perfect word. During the Great Recession, automobile manufacturers offered huge incentives and innovative programs to entice consumers to feel secure enough to go through with vehicle purchases during the frightful economic insecurity uh, we face. This was when we began to see manufacturer warranties become extended to eight and 10 year periods. Zero percent financing became the norm, facilitated by the U.S. Fed dropping interest rates to zero. 
This was a time when Hyundai <coughs> and some other manufacturers offered job loss protection with deferred car payments. Last week, we talked about how during trying times, desperate businesses can represent both opportunity and risk to a consumer. The instinct to survive can drive companies to do extraordinary things to keep sales going. These things can be legitimate or deceptive. And when you're dealing with car dealers, there's going to be a lot of deception going on. I mean, there's always deception. The deception will be even more and even deeper than we will be seen. We talk about some of the things car manufacturers are doing now in response to the pandemic. As in the Great Recession, we're seeing deferred payments, uh, job loss protection plans, 0% financing. These offers are coming directly from the manufacturers, and those are the legitimate folks. The manufacturers are legitimate, but they're being twisted. The ones by the dealers are not necessarily, probably not legitimate, and they'll even twist the manufacturers offer to their advantage. There's always a danger of the individual car dealer taking advantage of the consumer who come in and to get the other offers. I say there's the danger, it's a done deal danger. It's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm, we, we're surprised if we see someone that doesn't try to take advantage of these manufacturer offers. One such offer is being made by General Motors, 0% financing, for 84 months, seven years, 0% for 84 months with no payments for 120 days, four months. Now that is a doozy of an incentive. And I was serious when I said to Nancy driving in this morning to the studio, that even got my attention. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? Four months, you're worried about the your job, you're worried about being laid off. Hey, I can buy the car, and even if I get laid off, I'll probably be back in work in four months, and I won't have to make any payments for a month. And I got 84 months, I got seven years at 0% interest. Where do I sign? I mean, this just sounds <laughs> like too good to be true. Uh, so uh, the four months of deferred payment may be very attractive to someone I just said this, is uncertain of their job. We decide the mystery shop, Automation Chevrolet in Green Acres, a.k.a. Lake Worth Beach, Lake Worth, uh, Central Palm Beach County, to see if the GM offer is, is uh, one, as good as it appears, two, is, is it faithfully offered to the shopper by the, the dealership as described with no monkey business. We've gone from shenanigan to monkey business. I try to mix it up. Yeah, I got tired of shenanigan. Although I, you know, monkey business. All right, you just, I have a challenge now to come up with more uh, yeah, synonyms for yeah. that. Agent Thunder took the job. Here's a report speaking in the first person. I'm Agent Thunder. I walked into the showroom of Automation Chevrolet wearing a medical procedure mask and latex surgical gloves, just like these. And uh, I had a mask here, but. Uh, I use this. Yours, yours is a bandit mask. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there were no other customers from what I could see. Floor traffic, as we call it, customers coming into car dealerships, is dropped to a minimum. It's gone. Yeah, way down. Uh, I expected to be jumped by desperate salespeople, but this didn't happen. I walked toward a reception desk that was greeted by a young man before I got there. His name was Bill, and he politely asked me what brought me in. I said that my lease had expired, and I was on my last month of a three-month extension. I said I'd run out of time and needed a new car today. I also said I had to get out of the house. I was going stir-crazy. That's true. 
That got a laugh out of Bill. Uh, there's a lot of leases out there, folks, and a lot of these leases are coming due. We had a texter earlier in the show, and our advice was you might get an extension from the from the lessor, and that might be a best way to go. Easily. You don't want to, if you don't want to go out of your house, you don't want to go into a car dealership. Uh, Get, a, get an extension on your lease. That's not a bad it's deal. It's easy. 90 days is like a given. Yeah. They won't give you a hard time. And sometimes I'm I'm predicting that given the conditions here, you're going to see lessors offer extensions. The funny thing is, sometimes the lessors are at odds with the dealers. And we've seen this in the past. If a lessor is financially threatened and they have a car coming back, and let's say the used car market has dropped... They have to take that car and sell it at auction. If they're going to take a loss on that car, which who knows during this corona crisis uh, threat uh, and the economic crash we're seeing, used car prices could drop like a rock. So the lessors might want to keep those cars on the road, and they will be at odds with the dealers. The dealer wants the lessee to come in and buy or lease another car. The lessor might not want that to happen, so they're liable to be offering extensions of six months or longer to lessors, and that would be to your advantage. So stand by, and if they don't call you, call them if you don't want to buy another car. Okay, uh, Bill uh, asked me to come in. That's a salesman at AutoNation in Green Angers. On the nation Chevrolet, I said that my lease expired. Okay, I'm coming in. I also said I had to get out of the Okay, I did all that. Bill last said he could understand. I said that I assumed that uh, now would probably be the best time for a good deal, considering how bad business is uh, getting. Bill agreed and told me about the zero percent eighty-four month program. I that cho- I choke on that. <laughs> Never seen anything that good, even during the Great Recession. I don't think. 84 months, no, 72 we saw, but yeah. I responded by telling him that was exactly what interested me and why I came in. I told him I wanted to get a new 2020, 2020 Chevy Equinox, the midside SUV. I cautioned Bill that I had no interest in playing games, no haggle, no hassle. I expected a good price up front, and I didn't want to get into the haggling situation. Bill assured me that not only was AutoNation up front and transparent, they were highly motivated to make a deal. Now, remember, this is AutoNation. They're a publicly held company. They're traded on the New York Stock Exchange, and they have a fiduciary responsibility. They, they have wide exposure. AutoNation and the other publicly held companies, as a class, are going to be more honest and upfront and less deceptive than individual privately owned dealers, as a rule. Uh, we sat down at the desk, went over the particulars of the vehicle that I wanted. We uh, settled on an LT trim with an MSRP of $30,740. Bill asked if I wanted to go see it and drive it. I said, I would like to drive it alone, considering the need for social distancing. Bill said, of course. Bill probably didn't breathed like, a sigh of relief. He didn't want to get in there. Yeah. We went outside, found the SUV. Bill went through his walk-around presentation offered me the keys and said he'd wait for me to return. Drove around the parking lot, out on the Lake Worth Road for a quick spin. Back at his desk, Bill asked how I liked it. I said it was great and uh, would be perfect for my family. He responded by suggesting he write it up and then offered me some advice. Here we go. Now listen carefully. Very, very clever. 
He said that 84-month program was good, but that they had even better incentives going on now. Here, debate, now this is the switch. He said that 84 months, 0% deal was at full MSRP. Now that's not true. I looked at the disclosure, there is no mention of that. Yeah, yeah. The manufacturer suggested retail price is just what it says, suggested. The manufacturer suggests that price. The manufacturer cannot tell a car dealer what to sell his cars for. If there, was, if there was a payment advertised and they calculated it using that, he yes. could say this. Yes. But this should be yes. applied to any A price. car dealer can sell a car for over the suggested price, MSRP, or for below it. They typically sell below it because the MSRP is a big, fat profit. And this salesman, AutoNation, publicly owned company, lied to our shopper. He said that the 84-month 0% deal was at full MSRP. He said he could instead get me a $6,000 rebate. I could still finance for 84 months, but I just wouldn't get the 0% financing. Now, that part sounds true because the lenders typically offer a cash or a subsidized interest rate. So you get to take either the 84-month 0% or you get a $6,000 discount. And you typically want to do the arithmetic on that yeah. because you have to decide how much you want to finance. How big a down payment are you going to put down? How big of a discount did you get? And, and, when, and what kind of interest rate are you going to get? Exactly. So, I mean, that if you wanted to pay the car off sooner, it would make more sense to take the 6000 yes. in rebates, but you better be getting a good interest rate exactly. and getting a good price on the vehicle. No way you could make that decision at this point nope. in the negotiation. I, uh, so he goes, well, I can still finance for a day for a month. But I just wait. Okay, he said he thought we would be that would be a better route for me to go. I said I was confused, and Bill suggested he write up both ways for me to consider. He asked me if I was planning to put any money down. I said three thousand dollars. Bill left for a few minutes, came back with two worksheets, one for each scenario. He said he was able to offer the same dealer discount on both, twelve hundred thirty dollars off. So he's already contradicting yeah. himself. Yeah, now he's, he's doing discounting. $1,230, whereas before he said that the 0% was for the full MSRP. Yeah. He took off 1230 from the 30740 MSRP. This made my alternation price 29509 Then he added, here we go, <laughs> okay. here we go. There's always, and then he added, 199 for window tent, which you didn't want, but it's already on the car. 499 for a three-year protection package, which is pure BS, $399, $499. Next came sales tax, legit fees, and then the inevitable $799 dealer service fee. He calls it a service fee. You add them all together, $1,497 in hidden added profit that they're now coming out after, after the advertised price. With $3,000 down and 0% for 84 a month, my payment was $365 a month for seven years. That's a lot of years. Mm-hmm. I'll be 60 then. I wonder how long it would take to build any equity in a car at $365 with $3,000 down for Figure seven years. Figure 50% residual after yeah. three years. Yeah. Uh, it's going uh, to be a long time. Yeah, uh, probably <laughs> four or five years. Yeah. You're going to be upside down. Uh, 
Then with three thousand dollars down and zero percent faded for months, my payment was three sixty-five. Yeah. Then Bill revealed the deal. Okay, okay, he, uh, the, that was the first one. He took off twelve thirty plus the six thousand dollar rebate. We don't get to zero percent now. My automation price was twenty three five oh nine, but then he added the same crap he did in the first deal. <laughs> I just read Sue's words exactly. My payment was three thousand dollars down at four point nine nine percent for eighty four months. That's a high percentage yeah. at eighty four months. And it was yes. three hundred forty eight dollars, seventeen dollars less than the zero percent deal. Now, what you're seeing here, and listen, if you're a regular listener, you will recall me talking about, it's 9.54 now, I've got to move up, move quick here, uh, AutoNation switching from F&I profit, or from car profit to F&I profit. They decided they were going to raise their profits on their new cars, their markups, because they were losing money in the new car department, and they were going to slam bang you in the F&I department. And so that's what's happening here. They took away the 0%, tried to induce you not to take it by offering you a better discount so that you would take the financing, their financing, and they give you a higher interest rate. And they're making a couple of points on you. They're making a couple yeah. points. And then they're going to hit you with a lot of products like GAP, extended service contracts, maintenance contracts, and you name it. So that was the bait and switch from automation. Uh, Bill asked if I was ready to choose an option proceed. I replied that I came in with the intention of driving away and new Equinox, but the new option threw me for a loop. I asked if it would be okay if I took the worksheet home with me to study for the night. He said it would be fine, and uh, that's what I did. So here we are. Uh, we had the bait and switch. Uh, we had a really dynamite offer from General Motors Chevrolet, and then we had the manipulation and the multiple fees. So we need to vote. Yeah, uh, who wants to go first? We just have a few minutes, so I'll go quick. We got coming in online on text. We have D D F C minus. I'm waiting for Linda to give me hers, but mm -hmm. you know, typically this because oh, sorry, Linda gives them a s sneaky big fat F for them. Wow, yeah. and I'm you know what? I'm gonna agree with with Linda, even though this is par for the course, typical car dealership behavior. They are taking advantage of a of a national program designed to offer assurance and comfort to people who are worried about being able to make car payments and they twisted it around it's a shameful thing it's like price gouging this is not the time to do that exactly rick what do you say uh give me five bucks says f i, I love this guy's screen name it's awesome and for myself i'm agreeing with Stu f uh nate says it's c and mark smith a d Okay, Mrs. Sunrise. Uh, this is a sort of a repeat of uh, last week bait and switch. I give him an F. Hmm. We got a slimy F from Amy on Facebook, and Andreas is feeling very charitable today. Gives him a C. And Mark Ryan with a D minus. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm going to give him a D minus. I, I think we got to pass him. Uh, I don't like to, and uh, and I think it was a good shopping report as an example of what you have to watch out for. You're going to see some really extremely good uh, incentives from manufacturers that are, are legitimate. And you're all going to see what AutoNation did is take that extremely good incentive and twist it to their benefit. And uh, it's survival for all the auto stores, all the auto dealers, including AutoNation. Think about it. AutoNation is a big, big public company, and they got to make money to survive. And they are going to push 
finance and insurance department big time. If you go to an automation store, be real careful about financing with them because that's where they're going to go for the jugular. Uh, do we have any more? Couldn't have, couldn't have uh, said it better. Uh, folks, uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. Uh, we want you to stay safe and tune in next week at the same time. Have a wonderful weekend. And be careful out there. And we're wearing gloves and we're wearing masks when we're outside, and you should too. <laughs>